This is Woke Wars, a podcast by the Miami Herald's opinion team, where we look behind Florida's culture wars. Hi, I'm Amy Driscoll, recording from the WLRN studios in downtown Miami. I'm joined by my colleagues Luisa Yanez and Isadora Rangel from the Miami Herald editorial board. Florida is all about being free these days, at least if you ask Governor Ron DeSantis. He wrote a book he called The Courage to be Free. He's called The State a Citadel of Freedom. His budget is called A Framework of Freedom. His inauguration speech used the word freedom 12 times, and the speech wasn't even all that long. At the same time, he's cracking down on free speech. He's dramatically reducing abortion rights. He's curtailing what, what can be taught in schools and where protests can be held and which records are public. He and the legislature are going after drag queens and transgender people, but all the time our governor is talking about freedom. Let's listen to a bit of that inauguration speech. From the Space Coast to the Sun Coast, from St. John's to St. Lucie, from the streets of Hialeah to the Speedway in Daytona, from the Okeechobee all the way up to Micanopee, freedom lives here in our great sunshine state of Florida. Florida has led the way in preserving what the father of our country called the sacred fire of liberty. It is the fire that burned in Independence Hall when 56 men pledged their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor to establish a new nation conceived in liberty. It's the fire that burned at a cemetery in Gettysburg when the nation's first Republican president pledged to this nation a new birth of freedom. It's the fire that burned among the boys who stormed the beaches of Normandy to liberate a continent and to preserve freedom for the world. It's the fire that infused the young preacher's dream relayed at the steps of the Lincoln Memorial that the Declaration of Independence said what it meant and meant what it said. All men are created equal. Now, all of this is set against the backdrop of a possible presidential run by DeSantis, which you can probably tell by listening to those, uh, those ringing tones. Um, but he has run into some headwinds recently. He has a super majority in the legislature, though, so he's been getting bill after bill passed, which gives him a lot to talk about on the campaign trail. And one of those things will no doubt be the fight that he's been having with Disney. It all began when the company spoke out against his Don't Say Gay bill, um, banning classroom discussion of LGBTQ issues. Isadora, what happened to Disney's freedom of speech in that case? Yeah, so DeSantis's philosophy or attitude in, in governing has been pretty much you're either with us or you're against us. And if you're not with us, we're going to get rid of you. I, I always thought that freedom and what I think makes this country so great is that you protect the freedoms of the people you disagree with. And unfortunately, that is not what we're seeing from Florida's government. Essentially, what got Disney in so much trouble would they exercise their freedom of speech. They came out against a piece of legislation, which is something that organizations, companies, lobbyists, civic groups do every day during the legislative session. However, they were punished for going against a piece of legislation that the governor and the Republican-led re legislation supported. And now they're paying for it. And not only has Disney paid for it, 
DeSantis is now doubling down, right? He's going more and more extreme in, in terms of trying to punish Disney for essentially opposing legislation that, you know, a lot of people had issues with. And, and that's where I have an issue with. Who is free in the state of Florida? Is it all of us who might agree or disagree with each other? Or is it the people who fall under some uh, a certain ide- ideological umbrella? And, you know, I think people have to wonder that if they're going to complain about California or other liberal states cracking down on something, you know, you have to be consistent. And that's my issue. Yeah. And, and Luisa, you have some personal experience with repression from Cuba, right? I mean, how does that color how you look at what's happening in the state of Florida? Yes, as somebody who grew up for a couple of years in communist Cuba, this is all, you know, it's a selling of freedom as repression. It's 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 a real <laughs> funny twist where, uh, you know, it, 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 everything is flipped. But um, th- some of the things that DeSantis says are uh, very autocratic, very Castro-like, uh, banning of books, uh, uh, I guess not allowing teachers to freely teach in in schools, just follow a government mandate, uh, targeting uh, gays or transgender people, creating an other that we can all hate. Uh, it's 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 uh, you know it's very very reminiscent of of Cuba or Nicaragua or El Salvador. Anybody who lives in South Florida and has experienced that will some of the things that DeSantis says will uh, make give them pause. And and you would think that that would resonate with some people in South Florida, but so far we're seeing really little evidence of that. We they they know they supported his reelection for sure. He was a landslide, right? That's true. Uh, uh, Trump and DeSantis both have great support in, in the Latin community in Miami. Um, it's one of those tricky things about Latin politics. Yeah. It's hard to explain. Yeah, and, and Disney, getting back to Disney for a second, uh, Disney had a special deal, right? They had a special yeah. deal, so they were vulnerable on that point, and so the governor went after that. But but in the end, it really is about free speech, and um, and as much as many people, including this editorial board, um, weren't so thrilled with the special deal that Disney got, uh, the idea of cracking down on free speech um, you know, that should be anathema to, to a democracy, right? Yeah, and I just listening to uh, the governor's latest news conference about Disney, he and all of his allies were talking about uh, ending corporate welfare and uh, ending special privileges for corporations, something that you often hear from the left. The question is, again, I go back to, there's so many corporations that get special privileges. Disney was one of them. Disney Disney was basically able to govern itself through the, the Reedy Creek District. And I think a lot of people um, of all political uh, of all political sites can say that that was there was there were some problems with that. But what about FPNL? FPNL has an oversized influence over the over the legislature. How about the gun lobby? All of these groups exert insurance. Insurance, <laughs> but we're going after Disney not because of merits. We're going after them because the governor's trying to pick a fight with a group. And I think a lot of it is, you know, we live in this day and age where you have to keep yourself in the news cycle as a politician. And I think the census has been very good at it, but I think it could backfire. His fight with Disney, already some Republicans are criticizing him, saying, you know, we are the party of business. So how right. far can you go? Yeah. And, and even the, you know, the, there are other, other positions that he's taken that, that Republicans are finding to be too extreme at this point. And that's, that, those are those headwinds I was mentioning. Like, that's the thing that's going on right now as, as you know, as he continues to possibly announce, still hasn't happened, um, legislature is still going and supposedly he's going to be doing it after the legislature is over. Um, 
But of course, Disney's not the only thing by a long shot. Um, one of the major flashpoints in the in the fight over freedom has been schools, right? Um, and so let's listen for a second to a parent with the conservative group Moms for Liberty and uh, speaking at a Miami-Dade County school board meeting. I want to make one simple statement. It's extremely simple that this is understood. No one is asking for children not to learn about sexual education and about their development. No one is asking for the children not to be taught personal hygiene. No one is asking that the children not learn the difference between male and female genders. 11-year-olds do not need to learn about abortion. Children do not need to learn that there are nine genders. It is about inappropriate content, some inappropriate content in the books that the children do not need to be exposed to. It's just wrong. Now, the original Parental Rights in Education Act, that's the official name of the Don't Say Gay Bill, um, had language in it that mentioned age appropriateness. But then even that bit of discretion has been swept away because um, there's a new rule from the Department of Education that imposes that ban on teaching kids about sexual orientation or gender identity through the 12th grade. So that's a, that's a complete ban all the way through, through the end of high school. And let's remember, schools already had ways to evaluate textbooks and they had lessons plans that they evaluated for age appropriateness. This is the state bigfooting local school board control. Yeah, and creating um, hysteria, right? You're, you're creating an issue. Essentially, the narrative goes, you know, schools are free for all. Any educator can just walk in and teach whatever they want. There are standards. There were standards, for example, for teaching sexual education. For example, abstinence, I believe, has been a requirement. And it has, and it has been for, I believe, a really long time. But now you create a fear that children are being are being exposed to subversive material in schools is that really the case because i agree with the parent who just spoke that the material should be age appropriate and that you know children nobody's saying let's not teach them sex sex ed but is that really the case when you see schools preemptively taking books off the shelves because they're afraid of violating the law right you have the district in martin county which is just north of palm beach county uh, banning certain books, anything from James Patterson to Toni Morrison. Is that really what the intent of these laws is? Or are they just misinterpreting it? I don't know. But I think the vagueness is the issue here. Like maybe the intent is that people are afraid to speak in the classroom, that they are afraid that whatever sleep slips out could be misconstrued as, as indoctrination. And that's the insidious part of repression, yeah. right? I mean, Louisa, exactly. we've talked about this too. That, that, that when you think you might be in violation, you just start pulling back from yeah. all kinds of behaviors, from discussions, from freedoms. And then, and then you end up self-censoring. And that's what um, you know, repressive governments want. Exactly. And uh, the book banning, the, uh, 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 I mean, every, every teacher in, in Florida must feel a certain amount of fear as to what they say in a classroom now where before, you know, that, that, that wasn't the case. And DeSantis has, has done this very smartly. He knows that school boards are the place to control school districts. So he has made it his mission to appoint or get elected people who are, uh, who agree with him, who are part of, uh, you know, he, he, who agree with, with, the, with what he's doing. And it's in Dade County, it's, it's been effective. It's uh, in Broward. They also removed the uh, school superintendent, uh, uh, it's it's chilling what he's doing, and the idea, like Amy said, is to 
everybody will stop, will think twice before they say something that might anger the DeSantis uh, world. Yeah, and one of the thing, the great things about this country is um, how our government system is founded on the principle that the government that's closest to the people is best, right? And usually when you see people trust their local government way more than they trust their state or even let's talk about federal government, people don't trust federal government at all. These decisions about parental rights, in my view, should be made at the school level, starting with your school and then going to your district if, if necessary. We elect people to the school board to make decisions about curriculum. And we understand there have always been uh, state standards because you, you want things, teaching to be consistent throughout the state. But uh, when you talk about this fight for parental rights, like we've heard from parents that some of their issues involving parental rights are very basic. Like I cannot get in touch with a teacher. The teacher is not responding, you know, but then you have the state come in and essentially dictate how those interactions are going to be between a teacher and a student. I have an issue. Second issue I have with it is, is academia. Our state universities, you look at UF, which is a uh, one of the, it's a top five school in the nation. And now there's a bill in the legislature that won't allow professors to discuss certain theories that say, for example, that uh, there are systemic, systemic racism in this country. And that's inherent, that's a, a trait of, of American society. Now you can't have those conversations in the places where you're supposed to have these conversations. So where else are young people going to be learning things that perhaps the state doesn't like, but are important to be discussed? And and our theories, they yeah. aren't necessarily facts, they're theories, yeah. but, but if you don't, if you go to college, you're supposed to be exposed to ideas that you've not been exposed to before. You're trying to educate your mind, not just follow some, you know, specific path. And I think that that's being lost in all of this. And New College has become a, a petri dish of, of this kind of a, of thinking from DeSantis. You know, it's funny. He picked the uh, the one college that's really widely known as being very liberal, sort of loosey-goosey. And, uh, and he has sent people in there to change it. Now, that's all he has to do. Everybody else, every other university in the state will see what happens at New College and will refrain from following any anything that New College was doing. And that's how you do it. You know, you you make somebody an example, and I think that's what he's doing with Disney. You make somebody an example, and it, it, it has a ripple effect uh, that's very, uh, you know, effective. And are we going to attract the best and the brightest in academia to Florida? I mean, we have heard anecdotally, and we don't have any data on this yet, but you hear oftentimes professors say people don't want to uh, – professors don't want to be hired and move to Florida because they're afraid of essentially – it's your life's work. You get a master's degree, you get a PhD in something, and you want to feel free to speak about this issue that you have expertise on. And I think it's very troubling. And every academics are always the target of of autocratic systems, right? Always. They're always subversive. They are indoctrinating. And I mean, just read the writing on the wall. Look at the rhetoric, and just look at history. And you know. It's just very clear, and I I believe that this country has uh, strong institutions. I don't think we would ever descend into a, an authoritative regime. I'm not saying that, but any freedom that gets taken away, I think it's bad, especially when you're talking about you know freedom of speech in a setting that it's supposed to be where you're supposed to feel free to speak. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's uh it's been a it's been a flashpoint in the past, and here it is again, and yet we don't seem to learn from those things. 
Um, and then there's the the fight over public records, um, which I find particularly interesting. Um, you were talking, Isadora, about um, you know government closest to the people being the most effective. That's you know the idea of, of many you know parts of democracy. Um, but when you start to shield the public's right to see public records, <laughs> then how are you supposed to know what your government is doing in your name with your money yeah. and only and they only exist because you allow them to? Uh, that to me, I, I don't understand people's embrace of the idea that government probably knows best. They're shielding that from us for a reason. Like, well, no, <laughs> they yeah. should not. Often the reason is because there is corruption or because there is um, misspending of money or because there's favoritism or cronyism. Those are the reasons that we should know how our money is being spent. And, you know, the latest thing, of course, is that DeSantis um, wants to not have to reveal where he's going, who he's meeting with, how he's spending his time, um, you know, potentially how he's spending our money. It's unclear. Um, normally, under the current law, you know, we, we, we the people would have to be reimbursed if he spent money on trips and things that were for personal um, reasons. And I think that that's, you know, that is one more example of how, um, you know, our freedoms are being, you know, chipped away at. Yeah. And almost I feel like every legislative session, there is an exemption passed for you know a public records exemption that's passed last year. They shielded the information of people who are uh, vying to become university presidents. We won't know who the candidates for a university president position are until later in the selection process. And then right after they passed that bill, they hired the new UF president, who happens to be a Republican politician, Ben Sass from Nebraska. I kind of, I struggle not <laughs> putting those two things together. And, and maybe it was just a coincidence. I don't know, I don't have any particular information about that. But it is troubling when we see how the DeSantis administration has slow walked, they have stonewalled several public records requests, even with the Miami Herald, you know. So, it, it, at what point can we justify that as for being for the sake of, of the people or for safety and security? Right. And we used to be known as the Sunshine State for, for our uh, public records laws. And that may be changing now. Yeah, he would like to change that. And we should, you know, putting all these things together and we should make note that we've never had a governor like this. This is really a very uh, hands-on to local government, into our daily life, into schools into, uh, um, you know, his uh, also what's notable is his dislike of the media. He doesn't feel he has to answer to anybody. Um, he, he's, he can be kind of a, a scary uh, politician. Yeah. Let, let's take a little break here. We'll be right back. We're back with Woke Wars. We're discussing uh, whether or not Florida really is the freest state. Um, DeSantis has been um, talking a lot about freedom in Florida, but he's not the only person. Um, in fact, uh, President Biden just announced um, he's running for re-election. And in his announcement, he said something that's particularly on point. He said, the question we are facing is whether in the years ahead we have more freedom or less freedom, more rights or fewer. And I thought that was pretty striking because, you know, it's not just a question here in Florida. And we know that from some of these issues, um, including uh, transgender stuff, right? I mean, that's the, the crackdown and that has been... Yeah, and also Not just here. Yeah, but also we have to understand why DeSantis appeals to a lot of people too. Um, I think that he does have a valid claim sometimes that he has protected quote unquote freedoms. Like during COVID, for example, 
He shut down the state, but then reopened the state a lot sooner than other states. He forced schools to reopen, for example. I think those, looking from a political lens, were very successful moves on his part. Agreed. And I remember sitting on a boat in in the Keys. It was towards the tail end of the pandemic. Uh, there, there was there were two people from New York sitting next to me. And they started talking about how bad the shutdowns were, that they were locked in their apartments in New York and people down here were basically enjoying the sun and being out and about. I think a lot of people in Florida might maybe take for granted those freedoms. And I think now that the pandemic is in the rearview mirror for most Americans, I think the narrative changes, right? Like we made it, we survived. Obviously, over a million people didn't. But I think politically he can make that claim because people suffered because of these shutdowns. There's no doubt about it. Children suffered, businesses, um, workers suffered. And I think he can make that claim very easily. Do I think it's going to work in 2024 necessarily with the pandemic being so far behind us? I don't know. I don't I don't have a crystal ball, but I think that attracts people to him. And and we should note that COVID is what makes DeSantis DeSantis. Yeah. The DeSantis we know today, he was not this governor uh, right after he was elected the first time. He evolves as COVID evolves. And it's like a light goes off in the top of his head and he, he found a, a new path as a politician through COVID. Yeah, and I think, you know, we, we, we do know that Florida has record in migration, right? So people are attracted to the state. Now, whether they're attracted because of DeSantis or because we don't have an income tax or, um, you know, because of the sunshine, we don't know, but he certainly claims it as a win for him. Um, and I think we can't discount that. I think we have to say, yeah, I think there's a lot that that um, that is attractive um, to people about that general idea. I think where it breaks down is when you start, you know, cracking down on on all these other things. It's not just... You know, he, okay, so he he had a winning strategy when it came to COVID, unless of course you count all the people who died. Yeah. Um. But but then when you take that beyond, you know, the crisis, then there's you know then there's all these other things. Yeah. And then let's look at how he's demonizing uh, the LGBTQ community, which is like living in South Florida. The gay community is so active and so vibrant. You have Wilton Manors. You have LGBTQ parades. And to me, it's very disheartening to see how he has demonized these people. When the governor of Florida is coming after transgender youth, I can. I was just listening to a report um, by one of our one of our local uh, radio NPR affiliates talking to a kid who is transgender, and her family decided that she would go finish high school in um, in the Northeast because. She didn't feel safe here and she couldn't get her treatment. So is that freedom when you have to ship your kid to another state? You know, some people might not believe that transgender people exist or have the right to, but is it their right to impose that view on the rest of us? Right. I mean, I think there's a that that's we talked about before with the parental rights whose rights are not being, you know, some rights are getting, you know, a boost and other rights are being completely discounted. Um, so yeah, and that's that's what's you know what's what's been going on here. I think there's also the defamation bill to talk about too, which was, you know, it's 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 so far been bogged down in the legislature. We're not sure if it's going to go forward. It seems like maybe not, but that was also an attempt to you know chill the press, right? 
Yeah, and it faced incredible backlash from conservative media outlets. Why? Because it affects everybody. When you pass a law, it affects both liberal and and conservatives, right? right? So, and the Fox News uh, settlement with uh, Dominion, I think, really shows that the law, the way that it is, it's working, right? Because Fox News was being held accountable by the because of its role in in the 2020 elections and then lowering that bar can you imagine i would have if i were a liberal lawyer i would be listening to conservative talk radio just waiting to file a lawsuit because now (laughs) it's like you really gotta muzzle yourself right right and this is not i think what this country is about when people are afraid of what they said they they might actually the government or or they might get sued for for their words you know Right. And, and all of, to me, all of this is still nothing but a distraction, really, because yeah. most of these things are not things that reach lots of people. In the meantime, we're not we're not handling our insurance crisis, which is getting worse and worse. We're, you know, we have unaffordable housing in this state. There's so many big issues here that are just being shoved to the back of the pile because we're attacking all these other things. And I think we are at the end of our time now. Um, so I'm going to have to let myself have the last word there. Um, uh, we would like to um, thank WLRN Studios. Our engineer was Peter Meritz. Our videographer was Jose Iglesias. And special thanks to George Fishman for audio editing. You'll find more episodes of Woke Wars at MiamiHerald.com slash Woke Wars. Also consider subscribing to The Herald at MiamiHerald.com slash subscribe. See you next time.